Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. If you keep a track at home, you've got that calculator out. Episode 76, we have jumped over the three-quarter mark to 100, and we are continuing to chug along here on the Air It Out Podcast. Now, you're going to say 76, that's got to be an offensive lineman, you need to be 100% correct. I'll take Russell Okun, the left tackle for the Super Bowl-winning Seahawks, all those years ago. I believe he also was an offensive tackle for the Broncos as well. Not 100% sure if he won a Super Bowl with them in 2015, maybe. Um, but he did spend some time around the league and did obviously win a Super Bowl. So I'll take that number 76 only because Joel stole, you know, the better 76, uh, which is pretty unfortunate. But, Joel, we got a really fun episode today. And uh, why not introduce... My co-host, Joel Mbioka. Joel's, what's up, dude? We are 24 cents short of the dollar right now. And for 76, I'm going to go with Chris Snee, Giants Ring of Honor, two-time Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowl, two-time All-Pro, married into the Coughlins, Giants family legacy. He's it, man. Ring of Honor. Genius, dude. How do you get your boss to treat you fairly? Just marry his daughter. That seems like a good thing. Unless there's some problems in the marriage, then you're in trouble. Uh, then you're running some extra sprints after practice, right, Jules? Oh, yeah. Two rings, though. Grandpa's not bad. He's not <laughs> mad. He's not sad. Nothing. Well, okay. I, I would imagine in Chris Snee's contract somewhere, it was required that he make Tom a, uh, a grandfather at some point uh, in the future. And obviously, Chris Snee, part of that offensive line that anchored two Super Bowls. Um, and that was just that was the bread and butter of Giants football right there. Uh, you, you don't find too much like that. But, Joel's that's a pretty good number, 76 there, pal. 24 cents on the dollar. You're lucky if you're getting that nowadays uh, with inflation and interest rates. So, we'll see. But uh, we've got two guests in the studio today. Not one, but two. First time, we've got four people here total, Joel's Two. Two. Count them two uh, in the wrestling world. Returning guest, Ryan Presto with us today. Fellow Giant fan, which means he's allowed in. Uh, <laughs> Presto, what's going on, man? I know you got a 76 as well. Yes, I do, and it's a pleasure to be back, and I'm excited for the show. I actually picked Dwayne Brown. He was left tackle for the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. He was a first-team All-Pro in 2012, uh, two-time second-team All-Pro 2011 and 2018, and a five-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, that's pretty good, and now he's playing with the Jets. Suffered a shoulder injury in the preseason this year. Looked like he could be out for the entire year. Gets a medical break, I would say. It's, I know that sounds like an oxymoron when you say medical and break, uh, but he finds a way to get it done, and he's back on the field. And a Jets team that's pretty competitive. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But we've got a first-time guest to the podcast today, uh, none other than a friend of ours, Jolan. We've known him uh, from the beginning of time. We've known his family from the beginning of time as first well. First-time guest, long-time friend. Long-time friend, Teddy Araji. Teddy, uh, what's going on, man? Uh, it feels great to be here. Pleasure to be here. Super excited about the show. Uh, 76 for me, I picked uh, the number one overall pick in the 1997 NFL Draft, Orlando Pace. Uh, tackle from Ohio State, two-time All-American while being there. Uh, he was 13 seasons in the NFL, quite a long time in, in this league. Uh, Three-time first-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowl selection, earned a spot in the 2000s All-Decade team. Part of that that part of that show, greatest show on turf. Yes, sir. I mean, to yes, be a sir. part of that with Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. Name a baby. There man. we go. <laughs> that was offense was scary. Scary. 
but even to be a part of a Super Bowl champion of that team as well. And was elected in the Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame in 2013 and 2016 in the NFL Hall of Fame. Well, 2016 was a good year. Orlando Pace was one of those guys, because I was born in 97, where I started like watching football. He was there. And by the time I really cemented like memories of watching football games, he was still there. So I thought this dude was in the NFL since like 1960s. <laughs> thought he was a myth. He, he was. He, Joel is actually the only one in the studio right now that was born when Orlando Pace got drafted right. uh, in 1997. So I was uh, born for his rookie season, not born when he was drafted. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, so that was the last regular season uh, before I was alive there, Joel's. And obviously, you mentioned his long playing career. The average playing career in the NFL is, I believe it's roughly three years or so, three three and a half. half. Uh, So, yeah, obviously 13 at the offensive line position uh, is all that much more crucial and uh, rare, I I, I would say. So, uh, Joel, this is the the best part. We've got guests that come on the show with people ready to go. Oh, yeah. We've got guests come in here empty-handed. What are you doing? I mean, if you're not going to come in here with a name with a number... Might as well slap a number like a George Washington on the table and pay us, right? Going to get interesting for the hundreds. We'll figure something out. Maybe we come back one digit and start again at one. We'll figure it out. We're going to go Benjamin Button on these puppies? (laughs) I don't know. We need a nice diagram list of every name we've said. Season two, episode one could be, you know, whomever. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We got a a long way to go. But we've got today to go, and we've got a lot of people in the studio. We've got to rock and uh, set the pace. Full pun intended. Uh, we got a packed show. Let's start with the MLB, Goose. I'm going to bring this just to you right now. Yep. Carlos Correa, 13-year deal, $350 million. He goes to San Francisco. What do you think this move means for the Giants? And do you think this is a rebound off of Judge? First of all, it's a panic move. Uh, and it's a panic move off the Aaron Judge news. I, I don't... Carlos Correa, I thought last year was going to get a huge contract. 10 years. 13 years is a lot. There is no opt-out and there is no, uh, there's no trade... There's no trade clause in there. Mind you, he's two years younger than Trey Turner. Trey Turner just landed an 11-year deal. Right, 100%. But we knew Philly did that to stretch out the AAV. We know the San Francisco Giants are doing this because they are panicked. Um, We know he was rumored to the Mets. But the Mets, obviously, you know, I think Nimmo is as far as they're willing to go in terms of length of years. They really are trying to get those shorter years high AAV. And what's your take on Nimmo again? You like that? I like the Nimmo. I like bringing him back. Uh, he's a homegrown guy. You have to show you. Uh, I I said this when I worked in corporate journals. You got to show people you give a damn about him. You can bring in outside talent, people that are great for the company, but at some point you got to take care of your own. And they got to take care of Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil coming up here in the next couple of years. So this is a good precedent. Yeah, they gave him two extra years than everybody else would have, but they also only gave him twelve million dollars in that. A lot of people thought six for 150, so you get two years and an extra 12 million stretches out the AAV. You're only paying 20 a year for Nimmo for a guy, Joel, that if he stays healthy, you're not really worried about him every day. He's your leadoff guy. He's going to play strong defense. You go out there, he's not going to hit 40 home runs, but he's going to get the job done. I feel like a lot of like baseball now is stressed on AAV, and I'm just totally against it. If you sign a guy to a big number, and he so brings- is our owner. Yeah, if he you sign a guy to a big number and he brings in ticket sales, I'm all for it. Look at Bryce Harper's effect on Philly and what he's won over there and accomplished over there. Bringing back to the NL East, yep. Mets specifically, Sunday Sanga. We signed the Japanese superstar from across the pond. He comes here to New York. What do you think his impact is going to be in New York, especially with a five-year deal, $85 million guaranteed? He's very much an unknown. Joel's, we, you know, we've seen him in some... Uh... In some international competition, but a lot of people, the comparisons are to you, Darvish, without the slider. Um, so, But he's got a huge repertoire of pitches, five pitches, I think. 
uh, is probably the goal. Joel, I, I think I'm going to live my life by a single motto for the rest of the time I'm on this earth, uh, whether that's the next five minutes or the next you know 500 years. Uh, do not anger rich people with money. Steve Cohen, listen, Jacob deGrom said, I don't even care enough about you to bring the offer back to you and let you match. He just walked out the door. And Steve Cohen said, all right, little boy, watch this. Then got Verlander, Quintana, Sanga. Um, uh, they're looking to trade Carrasco. They, um, oh, who else did they sign? They said Robertson in the back end. Remember, Robertson was a guy they were looking to trade for last year at the trade deadline for a high-level prospect, Joels. Now they don't give up the high-level prospect, and they get David Robertson. This guy, when he and he did it last year when Matt's slighted him, he then went out to sign Max Scherzer, Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Marcana. This guy, when you anger Steve Cohen, he just gets he just spends more, and this whole Steve Cohen tax, he doesn't give a damn. He does not care, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, Joel's, because we were locked in a dungeon for so long of an owner that wouldn't pay a dollar for a soda at the vending machine. Now we've got an owner. That'll give a $20 tip to that vending machine. From the Ashes, Rosa Phoenix, what do you think this team does next with all the money they have and the owner they have and his mindset? Yeah, obviously Correa was a target. Um, I didn't really believe it for a while, and then started to gain some traction. But a guy like J.D. Martinez looks really solid. Uh, Jerickson Profar, I think, as an outfielder, is an interesting, versatile guy that the Mets could use. He's been around right now. The Mets have a lot of utility guys on the roster, and I think, Joel, the more you you use those guys, the better off you're going to be. But you also have to look for contributions from your young guys, too. Like, at a certain point, this team can spend so much on the top end, the young guys got to come through. Brett Beatty, I'm looking at you. And Francisco Alvarez, if he's not on this opening day roster, somebody should be fired. And I'm not saying Billy Epler or Steve Cohen. Somebody internally should be fired because this kid has been talked about for the last year and a half. It's the same thing I feel about Volpe from the Yankees. It's time. Guys, I'm tired of hearing about, well, this guy's potentially so good. He's such a homegrown kid. It's time. It's time to take the leap. Francisco Alvarez needs to be the Mets everyday catcher. He can DH at times. I think that's okay. But he's got to be the Mets catcher going forward. I mean, it basically wraps up baseball. Any last-minute thoughts? Do you, are you upset that the Yankees didn't get uh, go out and get Correa, or what are your thoughts on that? No, I didn't think. Again, I I'm still not a believe. Yeah, they 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 gave out the full contract for Judge, but that's been it. You know, that's that's been pretty much it. Now they're obviously heavy in the Rodon sweepstakes. We'll see though. They still supposedly remain far apart. Six seven years. That's a lot for a guy like Carlos Rodon. If they miss out on Rodon, is it panic time? I don't think it's panic time, Joels, but I think you can look at it and say, did we get better this offseason? And the answer is not really. Um, and it depends where you what you thought about this team last year. You know, did you think that, you know, maybe the Astros not got lucky to sweep them, but do you think the Yankees were better and they just didn't hit well in that time? You know, maybe you think this roster can compete next year and you run it back, hope some guys get healthy, Herman's healthier, Severino's healthier, and you go from there. But you've also got to run into things like, can Cortez replicate the year he just had? You know, how good's Garrett Cole going to be next year? These type of things, Joel's, and, and, and this again. This team's garbage. Just call for what it is. Listen. <laughs> they got to make more signings. Moltner is going to, like, <laughs> team, hang you yeah. at the stake, dude. 99 like, wins going backwards. I don't know if they're going backwards. They may be staying the same. And 99 wins is going to get them to the ALCS again. So, I mean. We'll see, man. But their, their division's okay. The, I, the Blue Jays should be. But how... 
Like how the often Red Sox sh- haven't spent a dollar since before two thousand one. I mean, what's Dude, going the Red on? Red Sox are cheaper than the Wilpons, and yeah. that that's hard to do. We all know that the Orioles aren't that great of a baseball team. We know that. I think I, the Orioles still have a lot of young talent. I, I think they're up and coming, they're, but they're not there yet, in my opinion. I mean, they have great young talent. I mean, from what I watched last year from Adley Rutschman coming up, the impact Rutschman's that he real. made from when he came up to the end of the season was incredible. The, the the team turned around. I mean, they were dead last. They they really didn't have anything going. Then they had that win streak, and they were just building it, building it up, building it up. And then they brought up Gunnar Henderson, who I think is going to be a stud as well. So you got they have a lot of talent on that team. It's just a matter of gelling it together and just growing off each other as well and getting that experience. So again, like maybe I, I think maybe they're a year or two away mm. from really trying to make that jump into being being consistently in the AL hunt. Like I said, the Blue Jays got better. The Rays, I, it's just a hard. How do the Rays always? They, they always end up in a race. I don't get it. Like it doesn't make sense. They don't belong there. But I don't get it. Whole division's bad. Whole division's bad. We're in an arms race over here. I'm not worried about anybody else, man. We, we do have a big Phillies. arms race in the NL East. I'm worried about yeah. the Braves. Well, the Braves just got better. They got that kid, uh, Sean uh, Murphy, I believe the catcher. Yeah. Uh, from the A's, who have simply traded away every single individual that matters in they that organization. Sales, yep. They should just sell the rights to the, to the Moneyball movie, too. I mean, at this point, it's the way they can make cash and uh, save an extra dollar on the hot dog at the stadium. But... I, yeah, what and the Braves got better, but they still have Marcelo Zuna on the roster, so they're a little neutralized there. As long as he doesn't get in a car, um, and then you know the Phillies, they they got better, Joel's. But again, like the Mets, they had a bat or two here. Again, maybe as a free agent, maybe as a trade. Yeah, they're gonna be, have to be a trade can, because free agent pool is pretty dry. Yeah, it depends. Depends what you're looking for, though. Big bat to win us games. Big bat. Good luck, pal. Barry Bonds, where you at, man? Yeah, roiding up as we speak. Wait, like, I mean, what? You, that's like that's all he like did towards the end of his career. Like, we'll see. But uh, if everybody on steroids could hit that many home runs, they do it. That's all I'm saying. It's true. I'm, Except listen, for Albert. Albert got the 700 without even touching it. He's a machine. He's literally built out of a lab. Like we, we, we all saw the sports. Remember when the sports center commercials were super cool? Yeah. And they, they had him literally at the machine copier as a machine. Was it the Stu Scott one? Yes. Yeah. RIP Stu. I love Miss Stu. But, um, yeah, that was Albert Pujols. That guy was built like a brick. He built out of a lab. But, uh, Joel's, you're right. I mean, listen, everybody did steroids back then. I, y- you still can't convince me Ortiz didn't do steroids. Like, w- it's, you know, the needle hanging out of his arm right now. I always say this: the guy that promoted, promoted steroids, allowed steroids, is in the Hall of Fame. So what are we doing here? You know, if we're gonna shun the players, we gotta shun the commissioner too. But you know, it, that's a debate that'll go as long as the end of time. That's baseball. a whole nother episode, but I'm so for the Barry Bonds, the Hall of Fame <laughs> debate. I love it. Yeah, I I think it's time. I think you punished them by not making them first, second, third. I mean, he's literally off the ballot Tenth. now. Yeah, you know, ten. but I think he can get it. I think he should get in through this committee and stuff like that. Joel's the Hall of Fame is really for me. It, it you have to answer one simple question: Can I tell this story of ba- the history of baseball without insert name? You can't tell the history of baseball without these guys. Now, if you want to put them 
in their own display with an asterisk hanging up as like the main sign when you walk in, be my guest. But these guys, you cannot tell the history of baseball without the post-strike steroid era. You heard you it can't first. Do it. Goose loves Pete Rose. Pete Pete Rose is another guy. Listen, <laughs> loves Pete Rose. It's time. It's time. He shouldn't have been banned for life when it happened. But it's it's time, Joel. Like Forty calm. years later, we're it, it, we're done. Yeah. Put the guy in. He's the all time leader in hits. I will go to every meeting to make sure Pete Rose never gets in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because I'm just against it. I'm just yeah. Sports betting such. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> Who are you? That's you know what? That's guys. Take not the rest of the games. night off. We're gonna answer this question. Games. Who are you? I'm a man of good faith. Okay. And good character. So Calvin Ridley should never play in the NFL again. Whoa, Calvin Ridley was. Hurt. Didn't actively participate in the games oh, he was wagering so on. So did you forget the point where Pete Rose bet on his team to win and they lost? Yeah. Yeah. Which tells me. Hedge. Should tell you that it's not fixed, dude. Hedge if it was bet. fixed, he would have won Hedge the game. Hedge bet. Hedge nothing. Yeah. It means tell me he bet on themselves to win, the mob bet on them to lose. Gun to your head, what do you do? You lose so that what? game. So what? Then you hate the NBA for life then. Oh, yeah, I do. Because the mob controlled those NBA referees, and the only reason it didn't go through and they didn't get caught was David Stern. David Stern's a loser. Cold envelope. Okay, but I bet you <laughs> David Stern will let Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> whoa. That's mean, the, the whoa? most you crazy whoa? question you've ever asked me. Would the I, didn't, NBA I didn't commission say it as a question. I said it as a statement. Would the resting NBA commissioner at, <laughs> allow Pete Rose into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, he would have. He, doesn't commission he would have. You know why? Because <clears throat> he understood ludicrous. it's time. It, no, it would, stop. Shame. We're not singing ludicrous. He, Pete Rose, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame at this point. It, that, you hear it? it? Crickets. Crickets? There's no <laughs> crickets around no here. No one supports there's it. Deers, uh, there's deer We got action. plenty show left, baby. Sure. All right, we move on from baseball, Pete Rose, that whole debacle, to NCAA. Goose, you wanted to go over funny names. Yeah, we'll talk about, let's lighten it up a little bit. There is no Pete Rose mold, guys, so don't worry. Uh, We'll go over. What? Pete Rosegate. Pete Rosegate. The Pete Rose Bowl. Winner gets a free $1,000 bet. Um, Nonetheless, we're going to take, each one of us is going to take our favorite bowl based on funny and then we're going to have our favorite bowl based on just, you know, overall like or something like that. Um, so I'll start. My favorite bowl for funniness is the Cheez-It Bowl. I love Cheez-Its. Um, I'm pretty sure if you cut my arm open, there's Cheez-Its inside my veins. Extra toasty ones, of course. Um, that game will be played Thursday, December 29th at 5.30 p.m. That is between Florida State, who's had a resurgence this year, and Oklahoma, who's looked like their quarterback's last name, General Booty. Um, in the first year of Brett Venable's tenure there. But, um, Jules, I know Oklahoma's looking forward to next year. I like Florida State in this matchup. This is at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Great, great trip, right? You go to Orlando. I'm sure they're going to go to Disney. Could be a lot of fun. Florida State in this one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Preston, we'll send it over to you. What's your funny, funniest likable bowl game? Um, I actually went with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, it's, against, uh, it's Marshall versus UConn at 2.30 p.m. East Coast guy. Yep, and then it's uh, at Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. It's not that funny of a name, but I don't know. I just Myrtle Beach Bowl. It Likeable, rolls up, it rolls up the tongue for some reason. Myrtle Beach, known for more golf than football. Yes. And UConn, Jim Mora, the job that he did this year, even more than Pete Rose, he deserves a standing ovation. Exquisite. Uh, for what he did. That UConn program was a disgrace. 
a year ago. Now they're bowl eligible. Teddy, we'll send it over to you. All right. So for my funny name, I chose the Cotton Bowl Classic between number 10 UFC, USC and number 16 Tulane. Now, the reason why I chose this is because we all know on TikTok the guy James D. Ross. And he does not like USC whatsoever because the coach left to go there. I think it was at Oklahoma, I believe. Lincoln right? Riley. Yes. Correct. Yes. And he left Oklahoma to go to USC. And there's a famous video, if you haven't seen it, it's on TikTok somewhere, of him just going off on USC, telling him what has his iconic statement of what happened. And if Tulane wins that, you can guarantee that James will be on there posting some funny video about it. Teddy's rooting for the troll. I'm bringing it to the Midwest. <laughs> Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Eastern Michigan, San Jose State on ESPN, 3.30 p.m. in Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. And the only reason I'm picking it, because I love potatoes. Yeah, I thought I thought when Teddy went with a cotton ball, they was going to call USC soft or something. Um, Tulane, obviously, in their biggest bowl game, it would feel like century, right? I mean, who? the green wave. What a, what a mascot. The green wave. Wave Tulane, a lot of good names on that team. Deuce Watts uh, is a cool one. There's, there's a that's a good team. I I got to see them a year ago, uh, so that should be a lot of fun. Purdue's in a big bowl game. They're in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, that's that's a little bit weird. Um, but Joel's, I did just want to point out uh, one of my other favorite ones is always uh, well. This one's funny. It's a guaranteed rate bowl. Now, if you know anything about taking out a loan at this point in this country, guaranteed rates, you better hammer it right. So. This should be a heavily betted game because, and it should be, it should, the line should never move, right? Because it's a guaranteed rate. Um, that's just the way it is. But uh, that is, that's Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin just got uh, a new coach, Luke Fickle. Uh, should be a good one. That'll be Jim Leonard, their defensive coordinator, who became interim head coach. Kids love him. A lot of guys in college football love him. He's one of the best defensive minds in the game. He, this is his last game before he moves on. Uh, to another adventure. He hasn't said where he's going to go yet. But uh, now we're going to go back around the room, our favorite bowl, period. Whether it's funny, whether it's you know serious. I'm going with the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl is on my bucket list. Historical. Of places I want to go. Uh, the granddaddy of them all, as they call it, and uh, out there in Pasadena. You know, I'd love to go out there and do the whole thing, right? The parade in the morning. Um, what is it? The parade of flowers. Am I messing up that name? Pasadena, they said the air is nice and the women are nicer. There you go. So maybe I'll find a wife. Um, but you got to love the Rose Bowl. Utah versus Penn State should be a good one. This Penn State team was a court, was half a quarter away from beating Ohio State. You know, so uh, Ohio State actually turned. Uh, so this is funny how this happened. Ohio State was destined to be in the Rose Bowl because they were the highest ranking Big Ten team not to qualify for the playoff. The Big Ten or the Rose Bowl game, actually, decided to go with Penn State because Ohio State, this would have been their second year in Pasadena, they did not sell 100% of their tickets last year. So, And you would assume back-to-back years, making that cross-country trip, they're not going to do it again. So they decided, and I believe they have the power to, by some you know, fake Pete Rose constitution, that they are allowed to pick, um, and they picked up Penn State. And Utah has been inspiring. They lost two guys, I believe, at the beginning of the year in a car crash, right? I believe so. Utah did, yeah. Yeah. So they've played inspired all year long. Only team to beat USC this year. Uh, So give me the granddaddy of them all. That's the game I'm always making sure. Strapped into the couch with some popcorn, with some pizza in the oven. Ready to watch it. Presto, what do you got? 
I actually have the Las Vegas Bowl. I, for some reason, I love when college teams go and play in NFL stadiums. And uh, this game will be taking place at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, where home of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, it's between Oregon State and Florida. And the fun fact about that, their last matchup was December 7, 1929, where Florida won 20-6. to Right before the Great Depression. That's pretty, yeah. yeah. yeah maybe, that's the game, maybe that's the game that sent them into the Great Depression. <laughs> was Oregon State in Florida playing cross-country. Got roaring 20s football here, yeah. baby. <laughs> Ground and pound. Go. Teddy, what do you got? All right, so for mine, I chose the Orange Bowl uh, between number six Tennessee and number seven Clemson. Uh, ironically, both have the color orange as their one of their primary colors, um, so it's kind of ironic with the name. That is weird. Yeah, so uh, so I chose that one. Obviously, it's going to be a pretty tight game, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what the offense is going to look like without Jalen Hyatt and Handon Hooker. You know, obviously with Hooker uh, tearing his ACL and Hyatt opting out for the NFL draft, so. Should be interesting to see how the defenses play against one another and, you know, see who takes the bowl. And uh, last but not least, I'm going to go with the Sugar Bowl. Obviously, me and Goose went over the college football playoff last week. And obviously, as that gets set and the finals get set, we'll go over that too. But for me, the Sugar Bowl, historic. You got Alabama this year, who hasn't missed the playoffs since 2019-2020 season. And then you have Kansas State, who's played lights-out football all year. And, you know, it could go either way. Alabama has looked... Like, they've been impenetrable, and Kansas State has looked and played great football all year. So 12 o'clock, ESPN, in the Caesar Superdome in New Orleans, Alabama, Kansas State, on, I believe it's December 30th. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Joel's it's pretty funny, I, I would imagine. Yeah, what do you got? And just before we wrap up college football, yep. I want to ask you guys, do you think there are way too many bowl games in college, period, do you agree on extending the college football playoff? And do you agree on guys sitting themselves out of bowl games to further their NFL careers? So let's go over the first one. Do you guys... Oh, what was the first one? Too many, too many, too oh, too many bowl games. Yeah, too many bowl games. You asked yourself points. too many questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, is there too many bowl games in college football? Let's start with that. Goose, you go first. Uh, I think there's an argument to be made. Obviously, sponsorships pay for a lot of this. They do a lot of the talking. So... You know, as long as there's as long as there's cool sponsors, I'm okay with it. Uh, it's a good opportunity as long as you know, because a lot of these sponsors do. You know, they give them gift packages and they fly them out there and they house them and everything like that. As long as they're doing that, like I, I don't want to get to a point where like, you know, tax layers like, dude, we're a tax company, man. Like we're we're not gonna pay for you to fly down here. You guys got to do it on your own. You know, I I don't want to see that. Uh, but I I think this is a good opportunity for these kids. So, I I would say no. Because there's not again, too many. Right, there's not too many. Because we're seeing a program like UConn. Now, the process of the whole, like, you, if you get to six wins, but they're not, um, but they're non-FBS wins, then you have to apply for a waiver to be bowl eligible. I think that whole process is convoluted. And there's probably you a better solution. <laughs> there's a, a solution bit. that we don't have right now. But, Joel, I don't think there's too many bowl games. I, I love it. I think it's great for the kids. Presto, what about you? You think there's too many bowl games? No, there's never too never too much football, Joel. Great never answer. Never too much football. Um, a, I agree with what uh, Ryan said, basically, um, about, you know, having the opportunity for the sponsors. Like, think about it. With the Cheez-It Bowl, like some, you know, having a funny name like that, you know, having a, all these other sponsors like the Potato Bowl, having like that as well, just gives these sponsors an opportunity and just to have – 
the opportunity to win a bowl. Like, you know, because obviously a bowl, you know, we think of bowl, Super Bowl, you know, it just, it's like a college bowl for them. You know, they earned it throughout the season. You know, it's like you may got like six, seven, eight wins, but you got more wins than certain other teams. So you earned that spot. Even though the, you didn't win all of them, you still got the opportunity to be in that bowl. So this is going to be interesting because my take of there being way too many bowl games goes hand-in-hand hand with extending the college football playoff. But if you all think there isn't too many bowl games, do you agree with extending the, extending the playoff? Goose, we'll start with you. I don't. I, I just – I mean, look at this year. You have two undefeated teams. you got a TCU team that made it to the Big 12 championship but lost. I don't hold that too much against them. They looked bad, though. It looked like non-winning football. And so did Ohio State. Ohio State. Last time we saw Ohio State, they got screened at home. By Michigan? Yeah. Yep. They gave up 200 rushing yards in the second half. <sighs> that's great for a football game, let alone the second half of a game. Then you go to Alabama that's got two losses. You look at USC who's got two losses to the same team. This year, the old BCS system would have been perfect. We would have seen... Michigan and Georgia playing the national title game. Uh, Jules, I just, I, you can't convince me every year that we're going to have 12 great football teams to, to get the, the 12 best team. Like, and there's always going to be fighting. They'll be fighting about 13, 14, 15. And the one versus 12 is going to be a roll. But what I will tell you is, well, no, because the one's going to get a bye. Yeah, one and two the get first, a bye. The first four get a bye. Yeah, yeah they'll do something like and that. And then they right. do something like that. What I do love that they're going to do, Joel's, is I love having a playoff game on campus. I think that's going to be really cool. I'm huge into like the college scene with the fans and everything, football, basketball. It's awesome. The college so, is going to make a bunch of money. Ticket right. revenue is going to go through the roof. And so now you're giving those teams an extra game to make that revenue, Joel's. I love that idea. But in terms of the idea of having 12 good teams to actually make this like a winnable tournament for like number 10, I don't really for I don't I don't foresee it. Again, maybe I'll be proven wrong. You never know. What do you think, Presta? I would actually think that would be a pretty good idea. Uh, uh, expanding the playoffs, get more because there's good teams that are missing out on the playoffs. If you extend it, then they have a better chance of getting in and fighting to win a championship. Ted, what do you think? Uh, I'm not a big fan of it going to 12. I feel like if you extend it to like maybe eight or 10, I feel like that'd be good because I feel like the top like eight are like, the ones that stand out the most. I feel like 9 to 10 on back, they're not as, like, a powerhouse. So it's like, if you play that first round, let's say it's, like, number 3 against number 9, right? You'd think number 3 is going to just blow them out because of how good, you know, number 3 is. could be, like, Georgia, could be Bama against, you know, whoever whoever it is. But or Kansas State at this point. Right. So it's like... You know, you don't really know. I mean, is it exciting? Yes. I think it's exciting on, on an exciting standpoint of expanding it because it kind of opens up the opportunity for the other teams that didn't have the opportunity before to get it now. But it's just like, you know, as a hindsight standpoint, you know, do they? is it going to be that competitive? That's yeah. the big question. And that's, I guarantee that's what they're asking around the big oval table right now in their whole committee. And I've actually got a new proposal. I'm sitting here thinking about this. I would go to eight. I would go to eight. I would take the five... Uh, uh, five best. The five, no, the Power Five conference. The five Power Five conference champions. Immediately in. Immediately in. Okay. I would take the Group of Five champion. So okay. this year that would be Tulane. Yep. I would put them in, and I would take two wild cards. So it's a tournament like of this champions. Year, like this year, that would be Bama and whatever Clemson, Clemson. or whatever yeah. or USC or whatever. Something. Right. Two wild cards, those six champions. I think you rang them one through six. Because even then, you can 
you could sit there and be like, all right, listen, like we're going to put, we're going to put, what's the, we'll put the Pac-12 champion. So we'll put Utah, Utah will be fifth, Tulane will be sixth. Like you can rank these champions based on how good the conference is. I will say this year, if Utah was in the playoff, they'd make some noise. They'd make some noise. I, they may. They're, listen, they're a great, they're a very well coached team. And Their secondary they is good, and they hit super hard. Yeah, you know? and they so, run the football well, which means you can control the clock. And yeah, it's a recipe for winning on any stage. But I think football. I think that's the extension right there. You get the champions in, two wild cards, and you roll. But eight teams, I think, is is the right number. Yeah. yeah. But twelve is like you're going. Twelve is like you know a little too much. Right. Huge but, sample size. It really yes, is. but yes. that's what the NFL did before the new playoff format was the twelve teams because you had the four teams that were in the division and then two for the wild card. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. I guess they were looking at it in that hindsight, I guess. And NFL has way more parity than college football. You have right. Alabama. This year, Steelers. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but like yeah, I said. Yeah, but even then, like you're seeing it now, the the division champion, you go to seven, right, in each league. And now the you're fall getting, off's huge. Now you're getting like the Giants, Washington, and like Seattle competing for a playoff spot. Actually, two of them are going to get in. And first two of them spots. are going to get rolled. I'll guarantee yeah, that. Yeah, right. Carolina's fighting for Detroit. a while. Yeah. Right, Detroit. Can't forget about I think Detroit's a better team than the record. Actually, Detroit's the yes. only team that can make noise if they make it. They, I, their I, offense I is. I'm disruptive. afraid to play them. I'd They're, be afraid to play them. Their Ooh, offense honestly. is extremely disruptive. And by the way, they may get, they may get Will Anderson because let's not forget they have the Rams for yes. a first round pick next year. We'll get into football yep. just one second. Yep. Our last question, segueing sure. into the NFL. Do you think guys in college should sit out for their bowl games to get ready for their future careers? I I would say this. I would not. Like, based on everything that I know about myself and my career, I would not, but I completely understand you're why these the guys do. You're for the team guys, what you're saying. But I don't think them sitting out makes them not for the team, right? You're protecting millions of dollars. Like they, Good way to put you that. Know, we're not you're playing, right. you know, we're not protecting pride here. Like, we are protecting millions of dollars. Um, I think NIL brings that back to earth just a little bit. Um, some of these guys, especially the freaks, like... You know, you have you're a fifth rounder and you got 50k this past year. You right, know? right. So, um, but if you know, if your guy, you know, you got a hundred million dollar insurance policy already, and you're making ten million dollars from NIL, like you're okay. Like the risk is whatever. Um, but I understand it, Joel. I've never been one to criticize these guys for doing it. It stinks. It 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 sucks for some of the fans that wanted to go see this guy. I agree. But guys, we have coaches do this all the time. You know, and coaches bob and weave and bob and weave. Lincoln Riley. These guys got to look out for themselves sometimes because, again, we don't know. Maybe these guys don't know what they're talking about, right? Like maybe maybe the guy that's going to coach Cincinnati, you know, in their bowl game, not Luke Fickle, obviously, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. And he puts you in a position to get hurt. I Like that's – that would be my only like – I'll tell you right now, 97% of people don't know what they're doing and they just say what they – Want to say in confidence? Yeah, I, I would. I like I said, I I wouldn't do it, but I don't blame the players for doing Presta, it. Presta, do you think uh, um, college stars should sit out for their bowl games or play in the yeah? Well, game I, in I totally agree with uh, Goose. I think yes. Would I do it? No, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't do it either. However, the saving the millions, just the bowl game is really not. A, it's a it's a big deal, but it's not a national championship. So. They're protecting themselves. I see their point. I see what they're doing. So I have no problem with it. But would I do it? No. But I have no problem with them doing it. Ted, what do you think? Uh, you know, they're looking at their futures. I mean, to echo what both of you guys said, their future is, is bright. You know, if you're a first-round pick, you know, potentially, you know, you, you got to sit out because you want to 
prepare. You want to. You don't want to get injured. What if you tear your ACL? Look what happened to Jameson Williams. You're done. You're done. Actually, but you come back. You come back. back a fantasy score God. a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I see your point. Yeah, yeah. because you're going. You're coming from. You know, your top draft pick. You don't want to get hurt because then that hurts your draft stock. It hurts the guaranteed money that you make for your first contract. You know, it's everything. You're just trying to get as much money as you can in the league and try to stay in it as long as you can. Exactly. And that, you, but you flirt with that all the time, right? Like so. Then, I mean, know, the gap should, between should you, pick should, one and pick ten is huge. Billions. Right. Oh, absolutely. But then, should you do the combine, right? With all the increase in non-contact injuries. Should you do the pro day? Should right. You do the senior. I don't. St- pro days suck. Pro days are the worst. They're worse senior, than Pete Rose. Senior Bowl is actually good They're for worse debate than Pete Rose. because a lot of scouts take the Senior Bowl and put a lot of weight on the it. The Senior Bowl is awesome. The Pro Days suck. Um, but, Joel's, I wonder if we're going to see less guys sit out now if they, once they go to 12. More playoff games. If there's playoff games, I think these guys are less likely to sit out. And, yeah, if you play well on a grand stage like a bowl game, NFL scouts are going to want to. They love Yeah, them. they're going to invite you to their pro team or their pro scouting meetings and all that stuff. They're going to see what you're made of. But that opens up opportunity, though, if you think about it. In, in a way, 100%. it kind of opens up opportunity on the bright stage because then you prove to the NFL scouts, it's like, okay, you could play in prime time on a Monday night game, Sunday night game, or even Thursday night. You have that ability to make a difference on, on our football team. And that's the one thing that I think a lot of those scouts, when they look at those big schools like LSU, Alabama, Clemson, and so on, they look at those those games. What did you? What did you do in primetime? Yeah. What did you do in the uh, the, the one uh, the the championship? What did you do? Exactly. Yeah. And primetime is the best way to segue into our NFL segment oh, because we start Thursday primetime. Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers take on Kenneth Walker and the Seattle Seahawks. San Fran is only a three point favorite, even though they've been balling teams. Goose, we'll start with you. San Fran at Seattle. San Fran, three-point favorites. Dude, you failed your audition for Amazon's, like, intro <laughs> intro reader. Um, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Um, Hold up. By the way, phenomenal athlete. I think he's way better than Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo was doing, and he's a four-year starter in his college, so clearly he knows football. I watched a lot. that out there. I did watch he's a lot. Not a, he's not a Trey Lance nine games. I did see him a lot at, at Iowa State. I think the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. He's had one start. Let's pump the brakes here a little bit. He has two games, two wins. Okay. One star against Tom Brady, and it's a win. Okay. Proceed. Okay. That's not a discussion I'm getting into. Um, Nonetheless, I'm going to pick this the way it should be. It should be San Fran. I know the game's on the road. I know it's a short week. This defense is ridiculous. So good. Like, it's not even about, like, how how good they are offensively. By the way, Debo Samuel avoided season-ending injury, which is huge for them. Said it should be back in three weeks. Obviously, they still have Kittle, Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. They've got an all-star team on offense. Fantasy managers, he's done. But their defense is ridiculously good, led by Fred Warner uh, there, Nick Bosa, Armstead is another guy. They're ridiculous. And I love watching these guys play, love watching them play defense. I'll take San Fran on the road, uh, even though in normal years it would tilt Seahawks, and I think that's why the line is low. Joel's because it's a division game on the road on a Thursday night, but I'll take San Fran. Squeak out a must-win dub. Presta, Niners, at Hawks. Three-point favorites, Niners. Who do you got? I'm taking the 49ers, uh, pretty much just basically what Ryan uh, Ryan said. Uh, the Brock Purdy thing, I'm all for it right now. Wow. I'm loving it. I'm not gonna. I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame or anything, but I am going to say I really am enjoying him playing. The Block Brock Party has yeah. started, baby. Uh, and I just got to throw out there, I think Kyle Shanahan should definitely be in the conversation of Coach of the Year because you're losing, you're losing 
your you lose your starter Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo goes down and you're still winning games. That San Francisco team is just I think they're scary. It's not better than the ball, Teddy. You need spread. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna take the Niners. Uh, Brock Purdy has been impressive. I think you know for the first two starts. Um, but what it proves to me is whoever started for 49ers quarterback, whether it was Jimmy G or Brock, they're still winning. They're still yeah, winning. Life's pretty Systems awesome. Good. Yeah. Oh man, Systems I mean, good. you got talent all around you with McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, which luckily, thankfully, he didn't get a season-ending injury. Kittle. I mean, you got talent. Trent Williams on the offensive line. You know, love you got, Trent. They have a great offensive line in defense, as you mentioned. Lights out. Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw. Yep. Uh, secondary with Jimmy Ward. You know, they have the talent. The talent is there. Seattle's going to put up a good fight. I love Geno Smith. I, you know, we're comeback player of the year candidate by far. Um, defense is a little suspicious, uh, as we saw in, in some games. They let up a lot of points, especially to Carolina. Russian, they ran them out of the building. So Their run game's been a bit soft, too. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, their defense, I think 49ers take advantage of that. I'm taking them. Trey Greenlaw. Something about these 49ers, and when they're good, they've got pairs of linebackers. Remember Patrick Willis mm-hmm. and Navarro Bowman? Yep. Uh, before Bowman's leg shattered. Pat Willis. Awesome. In, in Seattle, by the way. I, I remember watching that clip. It was ridiculous. Patrick Willis may be in the Hall of Fame for a seven-year career. That's pretty hard to do. We saw Calvin Johnson do it. Uh, but that's pretty hard to do. And it, Yeah, this impact. Brock Purdy's not in the Hall of Fame yet. But if he wins the Super Bowl as Mr. Irrelevant, he will be in the Hall of Fame. Like, they will take his jersey from that game because he'll be the only Mr. Irrelevant to ever win a Super Bowl. No, uh, no. actually, Ryan Suckup. Ryan, Ryan Suckup. That's Ryan a crazy Suckup. good one. That's a good yeah. call. That's a crazy good one. Yeah, it's and like Alden Smith, you're right. The Niners have but had But he'll go down as one of the best Mr. Irrelevant ever. Brooks. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's good, though. The Ryan Suckup, that's, that's a good one. Plenty, Ryan's a good name. Plenty of games left, though. So from Thursday, we move to Saturday, 1 o'clock, Indianapolis Colts. At Minnesota, yes, I said Saturday. The Colts are, or excuse me, the Vikings are favored, home favorites by four and a half points. Goose, we'll start with you again. Who do you got? I was going to say two weeks in a row they can't get disrespected no. like that. Uh, by the way, programming note, uh, all the games on Saturday will be on NFL Network. Uh, if you're looking for the games. Channel 219 on uh, Altice Optimum. Yeah, there you go. Uh, although we're trying to get them out of here, you know, move away from that monopoly. But that's a different podcast too. Um, I'll take Minnesota at home. They got to be... They gotta be just really? kicking themselves from last week's game against Detroit. I do not think they allow it to happen again. And Indianapolis just is not a good football team. Like, can we finally admit it? Like they, they're just, the Fighting Jeff Saturdays are just not good. But maybe because they're playing on a Saturday, they play inspired. No, I, I don't. Week, I don't believe in that. Give me Minnesota and the points and everything else. Presta, Minnesota to, uh, host Indianapolis Colts. They're favored by four and a half. Who do you got? I'm going to take an angry Minnesota team. They don't want to get embarrassed again. They don't want to lose to the Colts, who have just been a bad team all season long. I think Justin Jefferson is just outstanding, insane. He was a fantasy draft pick of mine. My fantasy season it was over before it started. However, he was the silver lining, and I got to tell you, I love that man. Yeah, Jet, Jet has been phenomenal. Top three receiver right now in the NFL. Maybe top three all time already. And it's a one o'clock game, right? It's a one o'clock so game on Kirk Saturday. Cousins Kirk Cousins should be phenomenal then. Ted, four uh, and a half points. Minnesota uh, host Indianapolis. I'm going to take the Vikings here just because of how they got beat last week um, with a Penae Sewell uh, rollout. Um, little funny story about that. Little little funny story about that. Uh, Dan Campbell had no idea the play was going to be called. Yeah, and he was that. like, "Wait, what?" Like, 
they called the play to Penay. So it's just kind of funny. A little they talked about that in the Pat McAfee show, McAfee show. So that was a little cool little fact. But yes, Minnesota, they're angry. They want to take their anger out on Indy. Indy's just not a good football team. Matt Ryan, unfortunately, is washed. And you know Jonathan Taylor, fantasy owners. I'm sorry about the number one overall selection. Uh, defense uh, just shaky. Injuries, Shaquille Leonard out for the year, so I'm taking Minnesota. I got made fun of for saying I wouldn't take Jonathan Taylor first if my life depended on it. And how smart do I look now? Very smart. Look like a genius. Very smart. Saturday, 4.30 window, we have the Baltimore Ravens, Teddy in-house, taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Teddy, we'll start with you because this is your team. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point home favorites. What do you think? Uh, I'm taking the Ravens, uh, and, and not because of my bias, but here's why. That Ravens rushing attack against the Steelers is going to be the reason why they win that game. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards combo. They've rushed for over 200 yards on the Steelers, and the Steelers are, were number five in the league against the run. So you're telling me that the Browns, and the Browns are really not that good against the run either. The D-line's good, though. They Miles are. Garrett's they are. Good. But when you ground and pound like the Ravens do, it's hard to stop. I know, listen, Tyler Hundley's a great passer. I, he's very underrated, very accurate. I think he can get the job done. Defense has been playing lights out. Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen should be in the conversation of Shout him out. top two, maybe even one. I'm going to maybe a little hot take there above Fred Warner and Dre Greenlong, but um, those two guys have made a phenomenal impact on defense. So, and Deshaun Watson has not been looking good as of late. Thank God. So, it's just, it's been kind of a, not not so good showing from him. So I'm going to take the Ravens on that. Goose, who do you got? Cleveland host Baltimore, and they are two-and-a-half-point home favorites. So sometimes, like, the spirits of, of the world, like, come within you and, like, give you this, like, oh, I see this. This screams. Screams 15-9. to nine. Yeah, screams This under. scream <laughs> screams Contrary, I could see a 40-44 game. I cannot because I don't believe Deshaun Watson can put up that many points. And I think that so. game can. But. I think Karma's finally catching up. But nonetheless, I'll take Baltimore in this game. Uh, I like their rushing attack is is as an offensive lineman, former offensive lineman, it it just makes your heart beat a little bit nicer. You just have a little pep in your step when you just watch the Ravens run for 150 yards against whomever they want, whomever they want. And uh, it's good to see J.K. Dobbins back. I know he's dealt with a lot of injuries since he came out of Ohio State. Um, so it's good. It's finally good to have him back. So and we'll see. It takes the pressure off of uh, Tyler Huntley, right? Ty- yeah. It is Tyler, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I called somebody I know. Tyler and Tyler, Tyler Heineke. Yeah, it's Taylor Heineke, <laughs> Tyler <laughs> Huntley. Presto, who do you got? Two and a half point home favorites is the Browns hosting Baltimore Ravens. Of course, I'm going with them, those Ravens. I got Teddy sitting next to me. He's a good friend of mine. But either or, I'm, keep, yeah, just I'm, be more I'm, biased, bro. He no, wants to keep it no, that way. Either either way, either way, either way, I'm, I was going to pick the Ravens no matter what. Again, the ruck, the rushing attack. J.K. Dobbins is back. I think he's a very good running back. The defense, that trade, you mentioned Roquan Smith. What a great trade that was in the midseason. Then you also have the ageless wonder, Clayus Campbell, on the defense. Yes. So you, there's there's players everywhere. Tyreek, Ty, Tyler Huntley. I almost said Tyreek Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Not Lamar Jackson, but he can go in there and fill what he can do for right now. Yes, and I know last week he suffered a concussion, and we had a third-string guy, Anthony Brown, come in and basically save the day. I mean, Got to get the guy. Yeah, I mean, he went three for five for 16 yards for a guy that got signed off the street. Didn't, you know, he was in training camp with the Ravens at the time, but, you know, just get him back on the roster and just plug him in in a division rival game, nonetheless. And and, uh, as we all know, growing up, the Ravens Steelers rivalry was always 
always exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. It's the best in football, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can agree with that 100%. Ed Reed, Palomalu. Ed, I'm excited. Yep, oh, exactly. Plenty, plenty. Because yeah. when you have a rivalry like that, that runs deep like that, I mean, I got a shirt on right now that says, keep calm and hate the Steelers. So, you know, it rivalry <laughs> runs deep throughout all these years. So, and to win like that, it just shows that that team is really, you know, really, really good, even without the quarterback. They're ready to dance. Yeah. We move forward to an in-division matchup of Miami Dolphins taking on the Buffalo Bills in a surprise spread. The Bills are home favorites by seven and a half points. That's over a touchdown and an extra point. Goose, who do we got here? I'm taking the Bills by double that. It, it is, dude, I'm telling you right now, Bad West and this is now. what bothered me the most, right? The last week, we're sitting there. They lost to the Chargers, right? Now, you know, it's not the worst loss in the world. The Chargers are pretty good football team. Chargers, Justin, yeah. Justin Herbert's pretty good. They're better than the record. Austin Eckler is a fantasy god. Um, Mike the, Williams is back. Mike Williams is back. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's still playing, I think. Yeah, I hope. yeah. yeah. Um, and their defense not looking as bad as they normally do. Um, Joel, they needed, the, the stadium was 55 degrees. They needed heaters on the sideline. Now they're going to go to Buffalo where there could be snow. No. Uh-uh. No, thank you. I don't care. I hope they I hope they prove me wrong. I hope that's the hottest take in the world. I don't really care. If you're going to need heaters in 55 degrees, now you're going to go now you're going to go up the wind chill's probably going to be mid-teens, dude. Mid-teens. Mike McDaniel hasn't seen mid-teens since his Yale days. All right? And Tua's accuracy in the cold goes from great when it's nice outside too awful when it's cold, and I just think I don't, I just I, I don't I don't see a way Miami wins with that soft powder puff style of football. They're gonna drop forty now. Watch, Preston, I hope so. What do you got? Good. Uh, I also have the Bills. I think uh, back in Week Three when they played, it was in Miami, very nice condition weather conditions. I think the Bills remember that, even though it was a while ago, and they're gonna take it out on them. I think the Bills in December in Buffalo, New York. I think it's gonna be. It could get very ugly. But we'll have to wait and see. I think Tua, again, people were debating Tua versus Herbert. I, I just hated that debate. Emmanuel Lacho, sorry, man. <laughs> but I think Herbert's a much better passer, much better athlete. Um, but That's I got the Bills. Idiot. I'll say that on record. Yeah, I got the Bills. I got the Bills, and it might not even be close. I'm a big Josh Allen guy, so go Bills. Fred, who do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm going to take the Bills just because of what – Goose just said before, 55 degrees, and you're in L.A. You're in a stadium, and it's it's domed, right? Uh, it's domed. So you need heaters in that, and you're going to go to Buffalo where it's going to be snowing and freezing cold. And freezing rain yeah. and bad temperatures, yeah. slush. And people with their shirts off eating wings from the yeah. parking lot. Right. <laughs> nope. Tables right. broken, femurs nope. broken. Yeah. You don't know what's going to hit you. But also, too, the fact that two are through for 10 for 28, that is just straight up bad. Bad. Like, you're almost 33% completion percentage. Don't gotta tell me twice. I'm a Jalen Waddle owner. And and, and that's the thing. It's like, if you're gonna be that bad, how are you gonna make your team win? And the running game, the, uh, Jeff Wilson got hurt the, that, in that game. So, I mean, you have Mostert, who's, who's a decent running back, but you have two of the top five, arguably, receivers in the league in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And you complete 10 passes? That's a problem. Oh yeah, that's a major problem. I'm taking the Bills just because of the uh, weather advantage that they have right now. And the concern is Mostert now goes back to full time workload, 
that he's not used to. And he's been sharing the workload for a while now. And it's so. very telling when Mostert was the only guy in the building. They reached out again for Jeff Wilson. It's very telling that they brought in another hand with Mostert to begin with. It's just, yeah. I think the workload's just too much. Joel, we're seeing this with running backs across the league. I think outside of Derrick Henry, who, again, a guy like machine. Albert Pujols, was built in a lab. Outside of that, all these guys need backups. Burita has to come in for the Giants. Um, I... San Francisco doesn't even matter. Use check runs the football, all this stuff. Mostert is now going to go back to a full workload. That's that's troubling too. From Saturday night, we go into the Sunday normal clock one hundred one window. The Atlanta Falcons take on the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. The Saints are four and a half point home favorites. Goose, who do you got? This game sucks. Oh, I'm just yeah. going to tell you right now, this game stinks. News fest, but I have to start. I have to start Andy Dalton. Because Kyler Murray went down. This is the this game is so bad that Chick Fil A should open on Sunday for this, because uh, fans deserve something. There's only so much alcohol can do. Um, Desmond Ritter getting his first start for Atlanta. Marcus Mariota undergoing uh, season-ending knee injury uh, is what the reports are. There's also a picture that he had a kid, uh, so it, it's kind of unclear what's going on with Mariota, but he's not with the team. Desmond Ritter, the 95-year-old rookie, it is his team now. Uh, he had a kid before Mariota did. And um, I, how do you pick this? Game? This game stinks. I'll take Atlanta. I'll take Atlanta just for the fact that they're at home. I, I, that's it. Presley, who do you got? Falcons at Saints. Um, I'm gonna have to. That's funny. That was with the Desmond Ritter thing. 95. But um, yeah, I'm gonna take the Falcons too. They're home. Uh, again, the game is just Falcons are away. Saints are home. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Oh, the Saints are home. I thought you said the Falcons. Yeah, are home. I'll okay. take the Falcons anyway. I'm gonna, I'm still actually gonna go with the Falcons. I think. Um, it's just it's just a boring game and it's gonna be, disgust. It's, it's gonna be ugly. I think. I'll I'll give the give it to Falcons though. Maybe Ritter has some magic in him. I don't know though. Dad, who you got? <laughs> I'm gonna be the lone wolf here. I'm gonna take the Saints. And I I think it might be a blowout, just because of Ritter's first start, uh, and we don't know how good Ritter really is. And the Saints' defense is actually pretty good talent-wise. You know, you got Tyron Matthew in the secondary. You know, you got Demario Davis. You know, there's talent on that defense. Cameron Jordan, can't forget about him, yep. too. So there's three levels, and and that's going to be a challenge. Listen, the Saints' offense is a little bit discombobulated, obviously, because Andy Dalton, you know, is the most inconsistent person on the planet. Is Andy Dalton. Right. Yeah. Alvin Kamara, still there. You know, you still have Jarvis Landry. You know, you still have those guys that are there. But I just feel like Alvin Kamara is going to have a nice day because Atlanta's run defense is terrible, as we saw in Thursday night against the Carolina Panthers. So I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, we move forward to Sunday 101 in East Rutherford, New Jersey, as the Detroit Lions come and take on the New York Jets. The Lions are one point away favorites after coming off an impressive win against Minnesota. What do you got here? Wow, this is uh, this is brutal. By the way, with the Saints and Atlanta game, do not put your hard-earned money on that. No, if, avoid if, it. If, like, DraftKings gives you, like, free $5, like, then be my guest. But don't, don't spend your actual money on it's that It's a donation. Game. But uh, going to this Jet-Lions this Jet Lions game, listen, man, this Lions team is good. Um, and, and not good as in, like, going to win a Super Bowl. But this offense is ridiculous. And Jamison Williams coming back at the right time, he looked really good last week. I, 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 don't, I didn't see really any hitches in his game. Uh, which is good, obviously, when you're running. Knee injuries are more mental than necessarily they are physical. 100%. So, you know, I, I thought Jameson Williams looked really good. Jamal Williams, obviously, has looked good all year. Um, uh, can, can Jared Goff continue uh, to play well? They've come to New Jersey and played well once. 
I think they're going to come to New Jersey and play well again. I uh, I like the Lions in this game. I know Mike White is like Maximus the Gladiator because uh, he's so he's so darn tough with his fractured ribs and you know all, all this other stuff. But I don't. Zach Wilson's active by the way this week, so if Mike White does get hurt again, Zach Wilson back in the uh, good faith. But I'll take the Lions in this game. I don't, I don't really like the the Jets defense will keep them in it for a while, but then I think the Lions will uh, the Lions will take it in the end. Presto, who do you got? Detroit at New York Jets. This game, I was looking at it. It was very hard for me to actually pick a winner. I will squeak it. I'll lean more towards the Detroit Lions only because they are on a little bit of a hot streak now. Their offense looks good. Jared Goff looks good. And now they have questions about even keeping Goff for the future. Can he be their guy? So I'll go with the Lions. The Jets defense is very good, one of the best. But I just there's something about the Lions and Dan Campbell they're all fired up, and I, I think they're going to squeak out a win against Fight the Jets. Caps, Pat, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to take the Lions as well. I just feel like the hot streak they're on right now is they're, it's going to be they're tough to beat. Um, Jeff's defense, I think, will keep them in the game. Uh, I feel like Detroit's defense doesn't get enough credit right now. I feel like they've been pretty solid as of late. I'm a big fan of Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's going to have an impact in this game. Obviously, the Jets' line hasn't you know, has some injuries on there. Obviously, Max Mitchell being out for the year. They've been mixing and matching nice, yeah. though. So, I mean, I feel like the offense for Detroit has just been on fire. You know, having Jamison Williams come back at the right time and seeing no problems in his game with his knee, I think it just comes at the perfect time, and I think the Lions take it. And I'll say this, Joel, real quick. That Penn A. Sewell play last week, if that's not a top-five play of the year, Nobody knows what they're talking about. I, I'm fully convinced. That play was awesome. And for offensive linemen everywhere, you just felt it in your heart of hearts. So that Penn Sewell play, the guts to call it. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator from the Lions, deserves a huge credit. Uh, they have been better. And obviously, they're awaiting Will, Will Anderson Jr. when he gets drafted in the top three next year. <laughs> we don't have to spend too much time on this next game because the Kansas City Chiefs travel to Houston and oh, take on boy. the Houston Texans. The Chiefs are 14-point away favorites. Goose, who do you got? Um... I have, uh, yeah, this, yeah. I know the answers. <laughs> do we have to say this game? <laughs> I, I've got, I've got Kansas City. I think uh, Mahomes just sometimes when they get up big, they were up twenty-seven nothing last week against Denver. People don't see that because they see the final score. Mahomes got sloppy with the ball, three bad turnovers. I, that's the only thing, Joel's that keeps them from winning games mega comfortably is just sometimes he gets a little careless. You know, again, you kind of live with that when he's got big playability. But uh, give me Kansas City. I don't think Houston can fight a top team twice. Best versus worst, who do you got? Kansas City at Houston. Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. There's no there, – yeah, what, what's there to talk about? The Chiefs. It's rhetorical. <laughs> but I, I would take the Chiefs, but I do think – I'm going to take a little hot take here. I think Houston covers the spread. 14 is a lot of points. Yes, because here's why. I like it. Last week, uh, the spread against Dallas was a pretty hefty spread. 16 and a half, 16 I believe. And a half. Yeah. But they were, had the lead in the fourth quarter. They had the lead. Texas football, man, yeah. it means something to them. And, and that's the thing I was saying uh, when I was like looking at the looking at the spreads and everything before the game. I'm like, you know, Texas football. There's a lot of pride that goes into this. So fourth quarter, they were up. I knew they were kind of. I knew they were going to lose the game. You know, at the end because you know it's they're tanking it's basically. Texans, yeah. yeah, but. To keep it close like that, I think that's pretty impressive. So I think they might cover the spread. I think it's more telling of Dallas than anybody. But we move forward <laughs> to the Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> taking on Chicago. Philly is nine-point away favorites. Another probable steamroll. Goose, who do you got here? Yeah, the magical Dak Prescott with his amazing game-winning drive. It looked like Joe Montana. Crimea River. 
Um, give me the Eagles by double the spread. Um, oh, 18. Wow. Yeah, dude. I, I, Fields has been awesome. Yeah. He's been really cool, really good. I think he's great for the game of football. I think he's great for Chicago. He's more good for fantasy football than actual winning game football, but yeah. yeah I think he's good for winning. The guy's tough, man. Like, he, you know, he's a tough player. He's going to be a tough player. He plays in a tough city. He, he plays in a ball. city where quarterbacks die, Joel. Their best quarterback ever is Jim McMahon. And no shot at Jim McMahon, but that's, you're, that's he's not even a top... 15 quarterback of yeah, all time. Cheeks. He's not right? And their second best is Sexy Rexy in Rex, Rex Grossman. Grossman. That, right, that should be telling of your organization to begin with. That team's done. So, all that to be said, this Eagle team, we saw them front and center against the Giants last week. They look really, really good. Uh, they're posed for a deep postseason run. That team, Jalen Hurts, the jump he's made, has been unbelievable. Uh, all the credit to him. Presto, who do you got here? Yeah, just I got to throw out Jay Cutler. You can't forget smoking Jay Cutler oh, on the Bears. Oh, God, not, the guy that gives <laughs> less effort than... Oh, but, uh, no, I got the Eagles. I, it pains me to say it as a Giants fan, but I do have the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is probably MVP this year. It's either him or Mahomes, I would say. Uh, I got the Eagles, and it could be by a big margin as well. Jay but Cutler. I do like Justin Fields. Uh, who do you got? I'll take the Eagles. Um, I just think that... I think it might be a high-scoring game. I, I think Justin Fields is going to maybe put on a show again with his legs. I feel like the Eagles have had a tough time this season stopping the run, as we saw against Washington, um, controlling the clock and everything else. Because, you know, Chicago's turned into that run-first offense. You know, they kind of adapted to what Baltimore's done. So they've kind of used Fields the way they kind of used Lamar. So I feel like Fields is going to have a nice day. You know, I don't know him throwing the ball wise. You know, it's going to be a little shaky. Nice fantasy day. Yeah. But um, I feel like Eagles are going to take it. I think I take them about nine. I think that's about right. They're going to have a field day on field. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Dad puns. Now are we're going getting crazy. to the delusional part of the finance podcast. jokes, talking field day <laughs> jokes. We're all over the place. We move forward to Sunday. Carolina as the Pittsburgh Steelers take on <laughs> Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are two and a half point home favorites. Goose, Dude, what do you got? What is this game? This yeah, game stinks. There's a bunch of games we could just skip over. Hey, this if you guys is want awful. To. No, I want to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot we'll em. keep going. Um, yeah, I think Carolina off their big win in Seattle yeah, last terrible, week. Like, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. I don't know, I don't I know what to say. This team's playing hard. Maybe they catch the Bucks in their division. I don't know. I, give me Carolina just because, you know, maybe Thomas is the player. Presta, throw your arms up. Give me a name, baby. <laughs> hey, Sam Darnold's 2-0 and right now. In the season. I mean, I don't think he's a good quarterback, but maybe something's going on with him. Maybe he's, he's, maybe it's the beard. He grew out a beard. You know, maybe that's maybe that was it. Maybe that was just his downfall, being clean-shaven. You got but two Panthers? I got the Panthers. Oh, yeah. Ted. Well, I mean, so the funny thing about Sam Darnold, it was kind of funny. I was looking at him. 2-0, baby. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at Sam Darnold with the beard, and I'm like, man, this, he kind of looks like Andy Dalton a little bit. So so uh, I'm going to take the Panthers just because the fact of their running game. Because if Baltimore can shred them like they did, I feel like with Carolina, how they shredded Seattle, then they got a good chance to shred the Steelers too. Plus, who knows who's starting for the Steelers this week. I don't know if Kenny Pickett's going to be healthy for, after suffering another concussion, second one of the year. And obviously, we saw Miss Trubisky masterclass last week of throwing three interceptions. So it's just a, it's just a, a crapshoot. Yeah, basically. So I'm thinking Carolina. These guys stink. We move forward to the trap game of the week. The Dallas Cowboys are in Jacksonville. Dallas is four and a half point favorites as the away team. Goose, who do you got? Give it to me. Upset of the week. Taking the Jaguars worked two weeks ago against the Ravens. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. 
The prince to be in Trevor Lawrence throws a game-winning touchdown pass to Travis Etienne in the back corner of the end zone. And uh, that's how the Jags are going to win this football game. Oh, Lord. DTN down there. Heck yeah, man. They're not going to expect it. They're not Presta, gonna, who do you got? Beat Diggs. Well, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a great quarterback in this league. Already is. Okay. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to be great. But uh, I, is again, it pains me to pick a rival, but I am going to pick the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry, Ryan Gusker. Here. Oh, losing I'm your sorry. money here. Shotgun. But <laughs> Micah Parsons is a handful. Uh, I just don't see the Jaguars. They're they're like a nice little team going, right? They're they're, they're pushing. They're but they're not Dallas. Know, no, they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna beat the Cowboys all this week. Uh, well, you have to remind me of that Jaguars Ravens game, and that was a little <laughs> stinger. Only there. because yes. I predicted yes. it correctly. Yes, that's, that's the yes. only reason. Yes, um, got a couple but, of shots right recently. Uh, yeah, it reminded me of that Tucker field goal. It looked good, but it's close. <laughs> it did look but, good. It would have yes, won me my fantasy yes, matchup, by the way, so yes. that's upsetting. So, I think this game is going to be high scoring. Uh, Jaguars defense has been suspicious all year long. and It's had its moments of good. Last week, they played really good against the Titans, which I was shocked to see that final score. Titans have been, obviously, on the foul end, but we'll get to that. Um, but high scoring affair. I just think that Dallas squeaks by in a very high-scoring game. I think it's going to be well over the over. I think both teams may have 30 points by the end of the game. It's a blackout, by the way, at the stadium. And Parsons has had a load of crap of words to say this week. Also, for a guy that's supposed to be next, Lawrence Taylor, guy's off the field way too much. That's got to change. That's got to end. Jags, Jags in six. We could basically skip over this game and mention it anyway and ask you guys your picks. Trust me. There's not going to be a rhyme or reason for your. Is it the Broncos? Teams. It's the Arizona Cardinals at the Denver Broncos. Both teams are starting backup quarterbacks. The Broncos are two and a half point home favorites. Uh, you can make a guess, but you don't know because offenses are led by two different men that we haven't seen all year. Colt McCoy we saw briefly last year, and Brett Rippin we saw a little bit last week. Um, so yeah, crapshoot. Broncos two and a half point home favorites. Who do you got? All right, if stop me if you've heard this one before. This stinks. Oh yeah, um, terrible. We did get some breaking news while on the pod. Uh, Steve Kime, the GM, has taken a medical leave of absence from the team. So obviously we hope uh, that he's okay and doing well and everything. Obviously Kyler Murray tears ACL. Um, I think unfortunately here non-contact knee injury and it's pretty much all she wrote. We'll see you next year. Um, it's unfortunate that it's come to that. Uh, don't worry, people. That was on grass. So let you know before. You have the turf monsters that, you know, the, uh, the turf pitchforkers um, that did happen on grass. But in terms of this game, Jules, I don't know. Arizona with Colt McCoy has looked okay, but I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it. Not in the mile high. I think the, the lack of air gets to them a little bit. And the Broncos win one finally and actually hurt their draft position. I, I, I don't I, dude I don't know wait like it's what do you want what do you want me to do you're trying to, I, you're trying to make a reason of something that's unreasonable give me the Broncos here. give yeah. me the Broncos that defense is gonna stymie yeah. stymie the Arizona Cardinals. all these betters are gonna be moving things around on their chalkboards thinking they're making moves trying to get the one up on this game and it's all gonna be for nothing because nobody knows how it's gonna turn out exactly Presta who do you got here I also have the Denver Broncos they have a good defense it's in mile high uh, Arizona. Colt McCoy, not terrible. I, I like I like D Hop. DeAndre Hopkins is great, but I don't. I just see the Broncos <laughs> squeezing one out. It's just a bad game, though. It's I, terrible. I, I, it's thinking about it gives me a headache. I understand, bro. <laughs> Ted, who do you got? Well, we all well as we've seen the Broncos, unfortunately, on prime time. Watching that offense is like watching paint dry. But uh, with with now with Brett Rippon at the helm and oh, with oh, Colt the McCoy 
Um, Denver's offense is awful. But Arizona's offense, even without Kyler, has looked hot and cold. I just feel that if the if the Cardinals put up at least 14 points, they're winning this game. Because Denver's <laughs> offense Denver's offense cannot put up 10 points. It just cannot. Floor. It just cannot. And it's ironic. I saw a stat somewhere that if they did, they put up more than 10 points or something, they would have been like double-digit wins by now. So Denver's defense is very good, but you can only hold an offense for so long after getting three and outs on six out of your seven possessions. So I'm taking the Cardinals. Yeah, that stat is Long if they've wolf. scored 18 or more points, if they've scored exactly 18 points in every game this year, they'd be 10 and three. Yes, wow. yeah. that's the yeah, that's, that's the stat. Disgusting. We move forward though. Five games left, gentlemen. Stay with me to the Tuck Bowl game. The New England Patriots take on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are one point home favorites. Who do you got? This game stinks, too. Yep. I'm just going to do this for our buddy Moltner. I'll take Vegas at home. There's Ooh. no really rhyme or reason. New England's fighting for a playoff berth. Josh McDaniel sticks a knife in his former team. Matt Patricia shouldn't be anywhere near an offensive chalkboard. Neither should Joe Judge, because it's all just quarterback sneaks anyway. Give me <laughs> Vegas. Give me Devontae Adams having a big day. Big day. Patriots at Las Vegas. Who do you got? I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Ted? I got the Raiders just because of what you just said, Goose. The... The Josh McDaniel Bowl. Uh, basically just saying, you know what, I'm the better OC. Matt, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, all they do is just call, runs up the gut and screens, and I'm just taking the Raiders. Take your pencil home with you, pal. Yeah. We move forward to the Tennessee Titans taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles. The Chargers are coming off a pretty good win against the Miami Dolphins. And for that, they are three-point home favorites against the Tennessee Titans, who are, I believe, 7-2 and two in their past nine, which isn't so bad. Goose, we'll start with you. Who do you got here? Chargers three point home favorites. Well, it worked last week uh, to soften up the opponent, so maybe the maybe the arena is going to be forty five degrees. The stadium's going to be forty five oh, degrees. Uh, no, Tennessee's not that soft. Mike Vrabel's the probably the toughest coach we've ever seen. Um, they were seven and three to start the year, Joel. They're now seven and six. Tennessee's lost three straight. I don't see it getting any better. I think they lose four straight. I like this Chargers team. I don't actually know how they're going to stop Derrick Henry, Kenneth Murray from your. Oklahoma Sooners. He's gonna have to have a, he's gonna have to have a massive day, um, or a good day at least, in order to stop hope, hopefully stop Derrick Henry, force Ryan Tannehill to be a good quarterback, which he is not. And uh, I will take the Chargers at home in this one. Presta, who do you got here? Tennessee I, at LA. I will also pick the Chargers coming off a big win against the Dolphins. I think they're gonna start I feel them gonna I feel like they're gonna start gaining momentum. Justin Herbert's got Keenan Allen back in there, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler's great. I, I'm going to pick the Chargers at home. Ted, I'm going to be the lone wolf. I'm going to pick the Titans. I think they're going, to, they're going to end this streak just because of the fact that the Chargers' run defense is just not good. It's just not good. <laughs> and, and for the past two seasons, it just has not been good. So Derrick Henry coming to town, as we all know, El Tractor Cito, a.k.a. The Machine, he is just going to run them out of the building. I'm taking the Titans. We move on to the Sunday 425 window with the Bengals taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, despite being blown out on the road last week, are only favored to lose, or rather, uh, the Bengals are favored to win by three and a half points against the Buccaneers. After Buccaneers' bad loss last week, Goose, who do you got here? Yeah, it feels like Joel's one. I just have to pick Tom Brady because... No, you don't. He's terrible. The minute I go to pick against him, he's going to win. Brock Purdy, Um, 1-0 against him. God... Um, Facts don't care about your feelings. I'm going to probably have to pick, yeah, with an all-star team. Um, I'm probably going to have to take Cincinnati in this game. I, of course. I, 
you're going to have to. It's going to be a lot closer than it should be. So I think the line is actually probably right where it should be. Bengals Brady does this, Brady does this all the time. He does this all the time. They didn't belong in the Rams game. They didn't belong in the uh, the Saints game. And they just find ways to bring themselves back into it. I'll take Cincinnati, but not by much. Presto, who do you got? Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's the GOAT, uh, but it's 2022. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is just lighting the league up right now. Joe Shicey, Joe Burr, Joe Cool. I'm going to take... Father time's coming, baby. <laughs> I'm going to take uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Teddy, who you got? Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. Oof, well, the division rival against Tom Brady. Uh, listen, I know you said Brock Brady's 1-0 against Tom Brady. Lamar Jackson is 2-0 against Tom Brady. I'll let me up that. that Boom. Uh, so, um, I, I'm... I will take the Bengals just because of the fact that that offense for Tampa Bay is just downright putrid at this rate. Tom Brady showing the age a little bit. The offensive line has been very suspect, as we've seen. I mean, 49ers just basically exposed it. Tom Brady cannot hit his receivers right now. Defense has been really hot and cold. Started the season hot, but it's just gotten kind of slanted down. Injuries have played a factor in that. Winfield hasn't played. Neither is the other safety. So I'm taking Bengals. We move on to our flex scheduling of our primetime Sunday night game. The New York football Giants take on the Washington Commanders in Washington. Washington is a four-and-a-half-point home favorite, despite tying only two weeks ago. Goose, who do you got? So, Jules, I think, you know, there's been movies made in life that we've watched that are the ultimate battle between good and evil, right? I think, you know, we could all see it. We could all point to a movie. This, in real life is the point of good versus evil. This is Daniel Jones plays mega well against the Washington Commanders, and Daniel Jones is 0-9 in prime time. One of them is going to go down. One of them is going to sink like the Titanic. The other is going to rise to the moon. Okay, so I don't know which one right now, Joel. Obviously, i got to make a pick here. I'm going to take the Giants on the road. I think the Giants play well in Washington. Uh, typically, last year, they should have won the game, if not for a phantom offsides penalty on Dexter Lawrence on a field goal that was missed. They The officials give them another shot, and uh, they knock it down, and they win the game. Darius Slayton dropped the game-winning touchdown on that game. We're not going to talk about that. Um, and then in this year, Joel, we were at this stupid tie. By the way, can we abolish ties to Europe, please? Like, leave that for European football. In American football, you play to the death. I Like, that's that's where I'm at at this point. And we were at that tie, Joel. Giants should have won the game. We had great seats for that tie. We did have great Saw seats. Saw Dotson spin around right in front of us, basically. It was terrible. Graham Gano missed that long field goal at the end, Joel. They missed spotted the catch. They did not see the delay of game. There was a and, lot. And they missed the offsides the flag, the by everything. the commander. So the Giants, Probably. I think, uh, Joel's like I said, the battle of Daniel Jones owns the commanders, and Daniel Jones stinks in prime time. Give me the good Daniel Jones to rise to the top this week. With you and me as his receivers. Presto. Well, I think they're just going to tie again. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that would stink. That's a that great would, bet, by the way, though. That would be, <laughs> that'd be um, I'm taking the Giants. I'm not going to bet against my Giants. Uh, yes, the receiving core is just god-awful for the Giants. Hopefully, Saquon. Saquon seems like he's a little bit off, a little bit injured a little bit. He's off the injury report, Goose thinks he's hurt. I think he's hurt. In the neck and everything. But I do think the Giants will go to Washington and beat them. Daniel Jones and Saquon actually have a history of playing very well against Washington and even in Washington. Uh, so I think the Giants will get one, hopefully, on the road. Hopefully it doesn't tie. I know I'm in a room full of Giants fans. No, that's, that, get out. I already I, know where this is going. I, I, you know, with the way Washington has played in these past several weeks, outside of the tie, has been, they've been hot. 
They've been one of the bye week last week and a tie the week before. They've been ice cold. Yeah, so <laughs> Heineke has been the answer for him. Carson Wentz, you know, just isn't the same old Carson Wentz anymore. Wentz you know? makes me wince. So, you know, that defense has played pretty well. Uh, you know, they've been, you know, kind of in the mid-range, but they've played well. Um, that offense is great with Terry McLaurin, uh, Brian Robinson, you know, to come back from a gunshot and play as well as he has played um, really should be um, put into this game. I think the commanders are going to take him down. I, Daniel Jones' record in prime time speaks for itself. Obviously, that phantom penalty call was called against Dexter Lawrence, and they got the try, and they won last year. Um, but I do believe that uh, Washington squeaks out a win. Could be from a field goal again. So I just think Washington. To our last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Rams travel to Green Bay to take on Aaron Rodgers, presumably in the Green Bay Packers. Packers are six-and-a-half-point home favorites. Gentlemen, who do we got here? Goose, we'll start with you. Wait, who are they playing? Rams take on the Packers. Oh, God, this game was supposed to be good at the beginning of the year. In Green Bay. And now this could be one be of awesome. Aaron Rodgers' last start as a Packer. Yes. Jordan Love very might interesting. be in this game. Well, he may get traded in the offseason. We'll, we'll never know. Uh, but we've got to talk about the offseason when we get done with these games. Um, I will take – this is – I wish we could uh, – I wish we could flex out Monday Night Football games. I, I really do. Uh, this game doesn't – Belong in Monday Night Football, but it is, and I'll take the Packers in Lambeau, just because. Presta, who do you got? It's in Green Bay. I'll take the Packers. I hope Mayfield plays well. I'd love to see him win again, but I'll take the Packers. I'm going with the lone wolf. I'm picking the Rams, just because of the fact. This guy's hedging everything you guys put Listen, <laughs> Listen, I'm being the lone wolf. I, I, I think that was just impressive by Mayfield. I, I Listen, I'm not the biggest Mayfield fan. Obviously, he was a Brown, so a division rival. But um, I will say, though, that was impressive, what he did against the Raiders. Obviously, it's... That's just a Raider moment, obviously, last week. It's such a Raider thing to do when a guy comes in two days before, gets signed, and beats you. Kind of like Jeff Saturday. Basically, like that, too. So, t- saying on Twitter, like, the Raiders stink. And then they go goes ahead and beats them. Yeah. Um, so, I think he can keep it close. I think they might squeak by, maybe by a game-winning field goal. So, I'm taking the Rams. Mayfield, but, Mayfield bothers me. He was in, in Cleveland. He was always like, everybody doubted me. Dog, you won the Heisman. You went to Oklahoma. You were the number one pick. True, yeah. Shut your mouth about people. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. It, it, early in his career, when he went to Texas Tech and he was a walk-on, yeah, people doubted uh, you. Yeah. But dude, when you reach the pinnacle, you can't sit there and say, you know, now I'm doubted. But nonetheless, Joel, I'm not getting into the whole offseason. My point was the Giants. I think the last few weeks have shown the Giants. This roster is a couple years away. Oh, yeah. I, there are a lot of people thinking next year is the year where they go. This year's a couple. This roster is a couple years away. Um, they need their Green Dot captain Xavier McKinney back. I think that would probably, I think that would solve a lot of their defensive issues, and it would probably sway our man Ted over there to uh, to come closer to the Giants side. But again, when you ride ATVs in Cabo, uh, this is what's going to happen. Nonetheless, I digress, and uh, we're going to digress for this episode uh, before Jolan takes a nap. I'm going and, to bed. Uh, he is going to bed at uh, six fifteen. At night, but uh, it's now seven fifteen. We've been here so long. Goose don't even know. Ah, eh, close enough. Daylight savings, pal. Um, so that's gonna wrap it up for episode seventy six. Presta, Ted, we love having you guys in here. Um, Ted, we'll start with you. First of all, appreciate you coming in first time on the pod, and then let the people know where they can find you on social media. Uh, so my social media, my it's a little funny name. So I'm on Instagram at the name is Ted. Um, I'm also on Twitter, uh, the Ted ninety nine. Uh, TikTok, the name is Ted, uh, and uh, that's it. Press that by you. 
uh, Instagram Ryan Presta and TikTok Ryan Presta. There you go, Joe. Uh, Joel, so you people can find me on Instagram, uh, on Twitter and/or Instagram at Goose on the Mic. Same same handle. Uh, no TikTok, as that I'm sure is going to be banned here in the U.S. in a couple days. Joel's were meant to be pay, uh, the patrons be able to find you and or the podcast. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at airitout.podcast or Twitter at podcast air it out. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach us at those. Or you can follow me at good old Joel's on Twitter and Instagram. Again, if you hate us, if you love us, if you want to be on the show, let us know. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun, and, and Joel's, we keep continuing to have fun every week. Next week will be episode 77, a whole new batch of players. Guys, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you for having it. Thank you so I much. I got a toast. Oh, God, here we go. To heaven or hell, may the way there be as fun as to stay there.